Today's title of the year is Giving Thanks During Difficult Times. I thought that would be apropos. Where I want to start from is to take a step back to the Torah, where in the Torah we find the idea of giving thanks. Now one can make an argument that gratitude, in a way, undergirds and, um, much of the Torah. The idea of Akar Satov is a recognition that it didn't come from you, it came from above, etc. But where do we have a concrete manifestation of gratitude? So I think one of the prime places we look is the carbon toda. In the base of Mikdash, there was a carbon, a special sacrifice called the carbon toda, which was brought when someone experienced some sort of salvation. Now, there's a lot to talk about this carbon. I want to drill down on one specific detail, but let's assume for now there is an overlap between the toda and the bracha we make when we experience some sort of salvation, the birchas agomel. Right? We're all familiar when someone passes through the sea, goes to the desert, uh, now we say fly an airplane, what do you say? Someone's sick, someone's in jail. When they emerge from that, they're supposed to make this bracha birchas agomel. Let's assume for now there's a parallel to the carbon toda. Um, this carbon toda. So what exactly is it? What exactly is it? In the Beis HaMikdash, in the world of carbonos, there are different types of carbonos. There's some carbonos that are brought totally on the, on the Mizbeach, carbon ola. There's some carbonos that are brought for, as a sin offering when someone sins. Part of it goes to the Kohanim to eat from. And then there's what's called uh, Kachim Kalim, which are a lower level of sanctity, and that actually gets um, split up. Some goes to the Mizbeach as a sacrifice. Some goes to the Kohanim, thank you very much. And some goes to the person, the owner, who brings it. That's called a shlamim. Shlamim, again, we split it three ways. One of the ideas is shlamim, as in it's shalim, it's complete, that everyone gets a part of it. Everyone gets a part of it. Why does one bring a shlamim? What's the reason? Pretty much because you want to. You, you're, you feel motivated that you want to come closer to God. You want to give to God. Maybe you want to elevate the meat you're already eating. So you give, some of it to, you give some of it to God. The carbon toda is seemingly somewhat of a carbon shlomim. The Raman counts it in the world, in, 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 as a carbon shlomim. It seems like a carbon shlomim, except there are two very, very important differences. Number one, number one is, as we noted, all other carbonos seem to come, at least to some extent, for some sort of kapara. Some sort of kapara. Some sort of atonement. The Medjitan Chuma writes, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't put together source sheets for this. But Medjitam Chuma writes that you have an, a carbon chatas, an asham, various atonement carbons. Um, even the ola comes in order, someone has the wrong sort of thoughts. Uh, Rabbi Michael Rosenzweig has a long essay where he argues that when someone kind of feels there's, there's a, uh, some sort of uh, break in their relationship with God, and they want to repair that break, not that necessarily they, did some, they sinned, but they feel like they're distant, so a way to come close is to bring a carbon, you can bring a carbon ola. Whereas the, in contrast that to the carbon toda, the Tanchum writes, Ava Toda, this carbon, it comes because of a miracle. You experience the salvation. Omar Kadesh Baruch says, therefore says God, It's more precious to me than all the other sacrifices. Because again, where it's all the sacrifices kind of come because there's some sort of gap, there's some sort of fissure that is developed between you and God, you need to repair it. This is precisely the opposite. Because you experience a, a miracle, a salvation, that's what motivates you to bring it. So it's the most precious one. That being said, there is a difference. The first prim- different, primary difference is all sacrifices, there are very clear guidelines to how they're brought and also how they have to be consumed. Including a shlamim, you have two days to eat it and one night. Meaning, if I bring it today, I can eat it today. 
tonight and then tomorrow and then tomorrow by sundown, you can no longer eat it. Anything left over, it has to be burnt. It has to be, we have to get rid of Two days, one night. The toda, however, is we, we, we truncate and shorten that time so you have the day you bring it and, and that night, morning by, by morning tomorrow, I'm no longer allowed to eat it. So number one is we, we shorten the time. We shorten the time. The other difference is, well, the other difference is that along with the toda comes various uh, breads. What do you say? Carbs, exactly. It comes, it comes, you, not only do you have the meat, you have the bun as well. We have the bun as well. What are those loaves? We'll, we'll, we'll go through them in a minute, but they include, well, we'll go through them now. They include various types of matzos and then various types of actually chametz bread as well. Now, what's unique about this? It's twofold. One, every other carb we don't find, you're eating, you, we don't, you don't need your, your bun. Here, you need a bun as well. More importantly than that is there's actually a prohibition in the Torah to bring chametz in the Beis HaMegosh. You are familiar with chametz only uh, eight days a year. In, um, in, the, in the world of Karbonus, one's not allowed to bring chametz in Zbeach. One's also not allowed to add honey to the Zbeach. Or Salvechik argues because chametz uh, uh, implies there's some sort of, you know, of sort of uh, hubris. And, and, and whereas chametz, uh, whereas unleavened bread, there's humility. It hasn't, it hasn't reached its potential yet. That's what, that's what um, Salvechik argues. But be as it may, there's a prohibition to bring chametz. Yet, there are two Karbonus we bring chametz. We bring chametz with them. We bring the buns. One is on, on, on Shavuos, we bring what's called the, uh, the Kivsi Atzeres come with, shaman, with, with, with the um, Shtei Alechem, two, two loaves, and also the Toda comes with these additional 40 loaves of bread. So two very important differences. It's interesting that the Tziv writes that it's a, it's a bigger carbon, right? It's, it's meat, but also the buns, also the bread, and it's a short amount of time. Why is that? So he said the idea perhaps is what we want to do is force you to have to invite others because you have more to consume in less time, this makes you invite others, which means you're spreading the goodwill, you're spreading the idea there's a nace going on here. You have to invite all your friends, come to my house. Why are you coming to your house now? Well, you have to understand, I experienced this miracle, God saved me, come, come let's have a suda together, let's have a meal together. So in a way, it's, we orchestrate that it becomes a communal event that you experience salvation, thus spreading the Kiddush Hashem. Um, but what exactly is this bread? Like, what is the relationship between the bread and and the carbon. Is it just, as we kind of been saying, you know, a bun? Okay, you have your meat, you have your bun as well, or is it more than that? So I'm going to actually argue, and this actually comes from a Ruch official Perlau, that the bread is essential, is essential to the, um, to the, to the carbon. It's not just like it's a nice, you know, a, a side, a benefit, you have your carbs, and if you're, you're off carbs for that day, so you don't have it, but it's essential. Now, if you want to hear more of this, I think I have a shir on Torah. It's called the Indian Lach Metoda, where I... Wait a second, I, I go through a lot of the different details of this, but I want to go, go take one approach, yeah. Maybe I missed this. You could reject the bomb, you don't have No, no, so, 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 watch what the real official says. The Rabbim writes in Hilchas Chagiga. In Hilchas Chagiga. Chagiga, again, are the laws of the extra carbon one can bring, on, on, or one does bring on a, on a Yom Tov. The halach is an Erev Pesach, you have to bring your carbon Pesach, the Pesach carbon, you bring a Chagiga as well because you want to, it's through the Chagiga that one has Simchas Yomtev, right? In the world of the Ram, you have Simchas Yomtev. Simchas Yomtev. Well, and then you don't. Korban That's also, there's two, there's two Chagigas being brought out of Pesach, potentially. The, um, so the Ramam writes that one is not allowed to bring a carbon Toda on Erev Pesach. Why not? She says, very simple, if you think about it. If you bring your carbon toad in Arab Pesach, so you bring your carbon and you 
bring all, you get all this bread, and then you're, you want to eat it, but halfway through the day, suddenly you can't eat the bread anymore. Hit that night, you can't eat the bread anymore because it's chametz. So the Ramam says, therefore, we don't want to create a situation where you're basically bringing a carbon where half the carbon is going to have to be rejected and thrown out because you can't eat it. It's chametz. Interestingly, what practice do we still have a remnant of that of, till t- of today? Every day we say mizmar lasoda, mizmar latoda. This mizmar of thanks. Interestingly, the Shulchan Aruch says the one place in Davin we're supposed to sing. It's not lichadodi. It's not keladon. It's mizmar lasoda. When you when you thank God, you should be singing. That's what the Shulchan Aruch. When do we not say mizmar lasoda? Erev Pesach, Erev Yom Kippur, Cholamoi Pesach. Why? Because those are the three times one cannot bring a carbon toda because if you bring it on Erev Yom Kippur, well, you can't eat it at night. You bring it on Erev Pesach, you can't eat it. You can't bring it on Cholamoi Pesach. So we still have this practice nowadays. Still this practice nowadays. But the Rambam says one's not allowed to bring the carbon toda on Erev Pesach because you're quoting the Gemara in Pesach, uh, it's maybe the base of soul. Now watch this. Then the Rama says, however, if you do bring it, if you do bring it, so now the, you, you, you fulfilled your requirement of a carbon chaziga. That's interesting, no? If you, you're not allowed to bring it because you have to go in the garbage, but if you do bring it, you fulfill your requirement of carbon chaziga. Now what's very interesting about this is, when are you supposed to be eating this shalmei chaziga? When are you supposed to eat it? On the first day of Yom Tov. Ramam thinks Simchas Yom Tif, seemingly, is only on the day of Yom Tif. So here's the problem. Here's a carbon. You can only eat one day and one night. So you bring it on Erepesach, you eat this day, you can eat also Seder night. Says the Rabbim, you're not allowed to bring it, but if you do bring it, don't worry, you fulfill your obligation of Simchas Yom Tif because you can eat it on the first day of Yom Tif. But this carbon is no longer allowed to be eaten and consumed the first day of Yom Tif. You hear the problem? So, the Avinezia goes, oh, this must be a proof. The Raman thinks that you can fulfill Simchas Yom Tif at night. That's one way out of it. Not a problem, right? What if you don't take that approach? So, Ruchim Fischl Perla says, maybe you can make the following argument. What is unique? The carbon Chagiga, as we noted, it's carbon Toda, as we noted, it's a, carbon, it's a shlomim. It's a regular, ordinary shlomim. What changed it? What gave it the special status of a carbon Toda? What's unique about it? The Lechem, the bread. So long as you have bread, so then what we do is we say, now you have a short amount of time to eat it, a short duration, as Nassif said, so you increase the goodwill and you increase the miracle, and you have, and, and you have this bread. If you get rid of the bread, it's no longer considered a carbon toda, it reverts back to being a regular carbon chagiga, car, carbon, carbon chagiga, in this case, a shlamim, which you have now two days to eat. Meaning to say, the bread is essential for the carbon. It's not just a bun that you can reject. The bread is essential for the carbon, yeah. You can't. You, you're not allowed to. So, if, can you make it on matzah and then bring it over? No, you need the bread as well. So you're not allowed to bring it on Pesach. You're not allowed to bring it on Pesach. We're talking about Erev Pesach. But if it, if it carries over, you do it Erev Pesach, and then it carries over. Well, then you're, you're, that's why the Rambam says you're, the Rambam says you're not allowed to bring it on Erev Pesach for this very reason. For this very reason. But like, it's not people. But there's another just like, no, sir. What? No, sir. Uh, you no, know, where if you have the wrong mindset for korban. Shalolishma. Yeah, but there's a disqualification. Correct, 100%. What is it, Jonathan? Pickles. pickles. No, no, that's right. not. No, pickles. No, so, so, yeah, this is shalolishmah. Shalolishmah. Okay. It's the wrong attention. So that I'm not going to get into. You can look at the first mission. Nachas and Zvachim. Okay. Most carbonos shalolishmah 
it's called kashar olam, meaning it works, but it just doesn't fulfill the obligation you want to bring it for. Pigul is when you have in mind that you want to eat the korban beyond when you're allowed. So I don't even want to get into pigul because I'll tell you I spent a few weeks on it and I'm still not sure what it is. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, you have the wrong intention, no matter what halachically. Yeah, I'm not, I, but it happens to be, I was not going to bring this up. I'm, I was not going to bring this up. The Sfas Emma says, if you have in mind the wrong intention, you have a mashalolish shmab for the bread, it invalid, it'll mess up the carbon as well. Yeah. Why? Normally, if you have multiple carbonos, it only works for the actual one you're working at. It's one of the same. Yeah, that's the, again, if you go online, I think it's called Binyin Shumas Lachme Toda on Wayu Torah. I gave this shit like three years ago. You can find it. Ayn Shum Vatim Sanachas, as they say. Ayn Shum. Here's the, here's, the, here's the thing. So what we've shown so far is this carbon totem is very important carbon. God really loves it. The bread is essential. The bread, in fact, makes the carbon according to the Rebbe official Perlau because without the bread, it's just a regular, ordinary shlamim. The question is as follows. Why then, what is different about this carbon? That the, we, we bring chametz. Normally we say no chametz. Why do we bring chametz here? The one carbon, or the two carbon, one of, one of two carbonas, we bring chametz. So Rav Yol Nun, from Gush, offered the following. He said, chametz, bread, uh, bread, uh, bread symbolizes and embodies completion. You have raw material, uh, flour, you put water in it, it rises, it's a process, the bread is the completion, the end of the journey. Shavuos, when we bring, the one time we bring chametz, it's the completion of the seven-week journey, starting with Pesach, going all the way to Shavuos. In fact, the Ramban famously says that the time between Pesach and and Shavuos is Cholomoed. It's Cholomoed. has a unique status. What is the idea, of, of, therefore, of chametz, of bread, by the carbon tonus? So he says as follows. It symbolizes completion as well. You were in this great turmoil. You were in this Ace You were really in a terrible situation. And now you've emerged from it successful with salvation. You bring bread as well, symbolizing you've completed this journey. And now you're going to bring something to God. And we spread it to the community as well. That's the idea of chametz by carbon tonus. The problem is, why then do we bring matzah as well? Right? We know that you bring chametz, but you also bring matzah. If matzah seemingly symbolizes the beginning of the journey. We haven't finished the journey. We're still only leaving Mitzrayim. We haven't reached our potential yet. We haven't got to our Sinai. We haven't got to our Tisrael. Matzah is about the affliction, the melchem oni, the bread of affliction. So if you tell me the whole point of the carbon toda, the reason you bring chametz is because it symbolizes completion, so then why are we bring a matzah as well? Just bring chametz, just bring the bread. That's a good question, No. So, it is a completed process, though. No, but it, it didn't rise. It's not supposed to rise. It's a completed process. That's correct, but that's because we're trying to intentionally show an incomplete process. So listen to what Rabbi Meir Salvechik from the uh, Upper West Side writes. He says as follows. The idea of the Toda is not that you experience complete salvation, everything is good and well, so now you bring a car- carbon. But rather it's that even within moments when there's still matzah, when things aren't complete, if you experience some even mini salvation, you learn to find gratitude to bring a carbon toda. That the whole idea of having matzah with the bread is to show that sometimes things aren't going as well. We're not complete. Things are difficult. But look, I experienced some mini salvation. I experienced something that was positive. I'm going to bring thanks for that. Because if we wait, to, wait till everything's good and well, everything's wonderful to bring thanks, to have our express gratitude, we may not ever reach that point. Life is matzah and life is also chametz. It comes together. And therefore, finding gratitude amidst the chametz is the whole idea of the carbon toda. So much so it's symbolized in bringing the carbon. The fact that if you don't do that, it's not a carbon toda. It's not, you can't give thanks. You can't bring carbon toda unless you're willing to acknowledge the dichotomy and the dialectic of chametz and matzah.
But also it's a reminder. So it could be a reminder. Okay. Where we've been, don't forget about that. That as well. So I'm going to quote to you one of, the, one of the greats. Ready for one of the greats? This was a person who lived in the 1800s. His name was Avraham Lincoln. He, in his first proclamation, in the proclamation when he established Thanksgiving. Daniel, what year was that? When Abraham Lincoln established Thanksgiving on the last Thursday of November. You, you, you're the fact checker. You're my fact checker. 1861. What was taking place? Yeah, that is true. What was taking place then? Civil War. Civil War. So look, listen to what he writes. It's amidst the war. Amidst the war, war of Northern Aggression, if you're from the South. Anyone here? If, there you go. Exactly. Says Abraham Lincoln. Listen to, listen, listen, listen to this proclamation. 1864, really, amidst the war. This is the proclamation that Abraham Lincoln writes, which I think really brings together the point. The year, that, the year is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessing of fruitful fields and healthful skies to these bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensitive to the ever watchful providence of the Almighty God. First of all, he's got more Shkaka Pratis in here than, than people want to admit in their own lives. But in the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to, seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all the nations. Order has been maintained, the laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere. So he's saying it's a, a year of great bounty. A year that, even amidst this great and terrible war, of a nation fighting itself, but look, he says, order has been maintained, laws have been respected and obeyed. Except in the theater of military conflict, while the theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union, needful diversions of wealth and strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow and the shuttle and the ship. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been in the camp and siege and the battlefield. No human council hath devised nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. These are gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It's a powerful idea that, first of all, the way he attributes it to God. That only God could have done this, that amidst a civil war, which you would assume would destroy an economy, destroy a nation, we still are prospering. That amidst all the, all the, the matzah, things don't seem to be complete. We're still on a journey towards redemption. But we're still finding moments of carpentoda, of chametz, where we're going to establish Thanksgiving amidst all, all the, 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 the terrible uh, situation that's taking place. So it's an amazing uh, piece from Abraham Lincoln. And lastly, I want to conclude, I've been reading this book by Arthur Brooks recently called The Life You Want to, Life you want to Live. I think it's called The Life You Want to Live, Life You Want to Make for Yourself. And he writes that part of finding happiness is gratitude. He writes as follows. This is you know, empirical. He brings study to back this up. He says, think back to the last time you had some sort of performance review. Could have been a raving review. People told you how wonderful it was. And then there may have been some mild criticism tucked away. What do you focus on? The negative. The negative. So this is normal. It's called negative bias. You know, he talks about why that is. But there's negativity bias where we tend to focus only on the negative, not on the positive. He says, what's the best way to uh, fight the negativity bias? Gratitude. Gratitude. It's because often people see gratitude as something that happens to them because of the circumstances, which makes it, hard, makes it feel out of reach in bad times. Because that's the wrong approach. Gratitude isn't a feeling of materializing, isn't a feeling that we, a response to our circumstances. 
but rather gratitude comes from practice that we learn to be grateful and learn to engage with th- th- that part of our life where we can be grateful, where we habituate ourselves to looking for things to be grateful for. And he, he, he cautions not to be grateful for things we're not truly grateful for, but to look at the matzah, to look at the areas of our life even when things don't seem to be going well and to find somewhere there in practice expressing gratitude for what's going well and that, he says, leads to a long-term feeling of contentment. So I wish you all a happy Thanksgiving and amidst everything going on in this world, let's practice a little bit of gratitude. Yeah.